0: Welcome to the Contemplative Creative Podcast. This free audio recording is made possible through gifts by people like you. Please consider making a donation or purchasing some of the goods we've made available through the support page of our website to help us offer unique audio teachings on the internet and to grow this community library. Thank you for your support. Nothing is perfect, so there is always reason to strive to continuously improve. A few weeks ago, I upgraded the operating system on my computer, and to my dismay, a lot of things broke. Thankfully, fixes were already available for the orphan software, but they came at a cost. I paid it but I wouldn't say I happily paid it. It felt a little like I was forced into it and left me feeling a little taken advantage of. Now, I'm a computer scientist, so I do understand that coding takes time and money, yet still, the whole situation has me now kind of keeping my eyes open for alternatives because I didn't feel treated like a valued customer. Hello, and welcome to episode number 13 of Contemplative Creative, an audio podcast that tackles the deeper issues of today's creative landscape and living in a modern world. The goal? Uncovering insights to live more intentional lives as creative professionals and hobbyists, or even just as responsible human beings looking to live a life of meaning. My name is David Quiring, and I will be your host Living in only one place, it's easy to assume that what is common practice here in this one place is also the normal all around the world. This is far from the truth, though. The world is a big place, and humans are all over it, and the cultural variation from place to place is as diverse as the landscape. Different cultures have different practices unique ways to approach the same issues we all have to deal with. One culture's approach is not simply better than another's, it's just another way. It's merely an alternative way to accomplish the same thing. In looking at something a little bit differently, there is the opportunity to glimpse a different perspective on things, a different perspective on things than what you may know as the norm. And when you begin to see the options in front of you, you have to do what you always have to do when presented with choice, choose. With careful consideration, you must choose your own path and make the best choice you can for what you want to be and do. Before you're able to make this decision, though, you must see the options so that you know what options there are only then can you actually make a conscious choice. With a bit of awareness and an open mind, we stumble upon one of the key benefits of travel here, cultural education. In experiencing a culture that contrasts starkly with your own, you can learn a lot about alternative philosophies on life. It opens up your eyes to the option that There is a different way of being than that which you're familiar with at home furthermore in seeing the stark contrast between where you are and where you're from it offers the opportunity to reflect back on the ways you've always known to do things not only do you learn about others but in this you learn a lot about yourself too the insights garnered from cultural experience They always come back with you. They always come home with you. And the wisdom you've glimpsed will become a part of your life moving forward. Perhaps it will manifest in a way that is consciously integrated. But if you don't decide to choose change, it will at the very least strengthen your resolve for the way you've always been doing things anyway. Experiencing a stark contrast and still choosing your old ways of being is still a choice, and it's a stronger one when it's made considering other strong options. I live in Canada, and business as usual here is that of the basic Western style. That is, provide a product for a price, replace said product with a slightly upgraded version of itself, and then sell it again for another price. And repeat. As a consumer, this can be a bit frustrating. You try to buy at the beginning of one of these cycles, hoping to have the latest and greatest for as long as you can before the company stops supporting it and moves on to the new latest and greatest. Companies follow this as a business strategy to maximize profit. But often it leaves us on the consumer side feeling a little bit left behind and maybe even a bit used. Think about the cell phones or cameras you have owned over the past decade, and I have a feeling you will understand what I mean. But this isn't necessarily business normal around the world. I've always been fascinated with Japanese culture, drawn to its underlying moral and ethical foundation, and an overarching sense of honor within it. One such Japanese concept, which is what I would like to talk about today, is the alternative business philosophy of kaizen. First, some etymology. What is kaizen? Well, the word kaizen itself is made up of two kanji symbols, kai, meaning change, and zen, meaning good. Together, this translates directly to good change. But a better translation, given how the word is used in Japanese culture, is to translate it as continuous improvement. Linguistically, kaizen contains no implication of the idea continuous, but this is understood as being an integral part of the process once you accept the word as representing a philosophy, something which is not implied by the word itself, but is added when you put that word philosophy in there too. One of the key points of Kaizen is that these continuous efforts at improvement are applied everywhere, not only to problem areas. And thus, everything is hopefully improved, even the parts that are already good. Let me diverge from this for a moment to point out some business basics to dive into this a bit deeper. Speaking in general terms of business, your goal is to sell something product or service to create a profit. Now, one of the foundational concepts of economics and the backbone of the market economy itself is that of demand. Demand refers to how much of a product or service is desired by buyers. The more demand there is, the more product you can sell, and therefore, the more profit you can potentially generate. Recognizing this, people put a lot of effort into creating demand for a product because they want that profit. The common method in Western culture in which companies try to create demand is rather forceful. They kind of force you along the upgrade path. They draw a broad business plan on a timeline and trickle out features they've already developed slowly to force people to upgrade year after year and take in the most money they can from those customers. With a carefully calculated rollout, they are in fact withholding features so that they can incentivize you to spend money for those missing features later. This does work to create demand. The customer will spend the money on the upgrade, but they won't always feel good about it. Me pointing this out probably isn't anything new to you. But perhaps me telling you that this isn't necessarily the best way to create demand is. You can bring in ongoing revenue by being generous. This is where the philosophy of Kaizen comes into your business conduct. Continuous refinement of what you offer, even beyond the point of sale, is the complete opposite of withholding features. Yet it is also another effective way at creating demand. So the goal is the same, but it's another way of doing things. And how does it create demand? Well, a loyal customer will be a customer a second time. And a third. And on and on. And they will feel good about it. But, David, you might ask, wouldn't this be a bit foolish? If you support a product forever, then people won't need to buy your new offerings, right? Won't this then put you out of business? Well, my answer to you would be, not if you understand and follow the Kaizen philosophy closely. Selling a single product or service and indefinitely supporting it for free, that's not the goal. Kaizen does not mean going on indefinitely with improvements. It's about identifying the point when a product has had its share of love and drawing a line there. Every improvement, it takes time and effort, and there comes a tipping point where that time and effort is better expended on a newer product. The additional value you provide up to this tipping point, well that inspires trust and loyalty in the relationship you have with your customers. And when it does come time for them to move to a replacement product, they will look to you for it. This is how generosity can increase demand and inspire continuous revenue through ensuring that customers get plenty of joy out of their product before they feel the need to upgrade. Now, the other side of this is that in order to deliver Kaizen, one needs to deeply and respectfully listen to their customers' needs. Only then can you deliver an attempt to satisfy those needs. The key thing is that the companies operating under the Kaizen philosophy truly value their customers and care about providing products that the customer finds useful, effective and fulfilling to use. They understand that there is an emotional and psychological connection that drives this and they work very hard to create products that truly resonate with customers needs, their sensibilities and their values. This is how they build such a following of dedicated customers. They understand and value that relationship. So far, I've only talked about Kaizen with regards to the relationship between a producer and a consumer beyond an initial sale. But it's important to note that it applies to all aspects within the production side of things as well. The philosophy is for all manners of conduct. Externally, yes, as we've talked about, but internally as well. Internal process refinement, employee satisfaction, and always challenging oneself to be better should all be continuously pursued. Kaizen, continuous improvement. In so doing, these small and iterative improvements really do add up and strengthen the bones of a company to help it avoid stagnation, and even degradation, never mind employment satisfaction and all the other customer satisfaction things we've already talked about. Now, going even further, all this scales down to the individual level as well. As an individual in the role of a creator, you can embody it in your customer relations, satisfying them and trusting that they will come back for more. You can integrate it into the continual refinement of your creation process itself as well, always improving bit by bit. In our process, we need to remember that nothing is ever perfect, so we should never be stagnant in our process. Instead, we need to continually refine, taking small steps towards the ideal of perfection still improves that which we do, despite never being able to actually attain it, because it is just an ideal. Conversely, in the role of the consumer, which we are all on that side of the relationship sometimes, you can seek to find satisfaction from that which you already own before you jump to replace it with something new. Even if the company from which you bought it doesn't embody Kaizen, that doesn't change the intrinsic value of what you already have, and... If you control your lust after the new and shiny, you will be able to continue to derive satisfaction from that object until you reach the tipping point where you are happy to make the upgrade that is available. If there's one thing I've learned from traveling, it is that there is something to learn in every diverse culture in the world. With a bit of awareness, you can identify positive practices and bring them into your life wherever you call home i am not japanese nor have i ever even visited japan yet at least but i have been interested in their cultural values for many years kaizen is one of those philosophies that i think is worth integrating into life here in canada or wherever you may be listening to this too with a bit of creative thinking I'm sure we can all come up with a few ways to integrate this philosophy into our own lives and our own actions, particularly since we're in a culture where this ideology certainly goes against the social norm. I encourage you to think on it a little deeper for yourself, and consider where it might be a good fit in your day-to-day. Consider your own self-development, your relationships, and your work. Kaizen, Continuous Improvement. Continue to strive for improvement in all that you do. This philosophy of generosity can really differentiate you from others in a very positive way. And I'm willing to bet you will also feel better about the way you do what you do, too. So we're continuing to offer the contemplative creative swag that we announced last episode. Design number one being quality over quantity in all ways, always, is on sale right now. You can pick yourself up a mug, print, a tote bag, and a dollar or two from each of your purchases will go towards supporting this podcast. Christmas is just around the corner too, and who doesn't like an inspirational reminder? But the best way to support Contemplative Creative continues to be helping us spread the word about what we're discussing over here. We want to keep this thing going and growing, but we can't do that without you, the listener. If you enjoy this podcast, please share a link with your friends. And if you don't already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have a moment, please take a moment to leave us a review on iTunes. It helps other people discover us amidst the growing noise of the internet, and, well, we'd really appreciate it. Subscribe, rate, and tell good friends, and everything's going to be okay. And that's it for this week. You can stay connected with us in between episodes by joining Contemplative Creative on Instagram and Twitter, and now on Facebook. We just started a Facebook page this week, where we're going to be releasing a bunch of content each week. But so far, there's only a few of us on there, so please join us. Links to that and more are all over at www.contemplativecreative.com. And that's it for now. Thanks for listening. Nothing is perfect, so there is always reason to strive to continuously improve.